Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to the first 2023 episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. My name is Jan Gustafsson, and since we do things differently, you could say worse on the Chicken Chess Club. We have chosen our first episode of the year to be a recap of the year 2022. There's not that much happening in the chess world right now. Everybody's awaiting the Vikings A tournament, but we know There's always a lot happening in Laurent Fressinet's private life. Laurent, <laughs> how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Not much happened since the celebration of the new year, as I was uh, slightly, slightly tired. So yeah, I'm good, and I'm happy to make this uh, this recap. Yeah, indeed, not not much will will happen since um, I mean until until Vikanze, and well, it's always nice, you know, to make. A, Because a lot of things have happened actually this <laughs> year. It's been a lot of. It's been a crazy year. Uh, we, we'll see. Um, That was a recap, everybody. See you yeah. next episode. <laughs> Thanks, Laurent. No, I mean, I would. Okay, we will, we will talk about it uh, later. But so many youngsters appeared, and of course, of course, uh, the big, uh, the big scandal. But we'll come to it later. How was your New Year? Was it excessive? It, it was. It was, yeah. And how, how, how about you? Nah, civilized. I was at some dinner with my kids, other kids. I got very drunk, surprisingly. But other than that, not much to report. Yeah, I want, I mean, it was, it was not, it was, I mean, it was, it was okay, but um, I, I, went, I went to bed too late. I mean, that was uh, a mistake, as usual. 2 a.m.? <laughs> a bit later so yeah no that's always the same it's the same mistake um, but yeah we are not learning so but it, it, it was nice what can you do a man who's an eager learner is Magnus Carlsen's <laughs> head coach Peter Nielsen Peter where are you these days me I'm in my my house in Sholey where we are sort of spending the Christmas New Year vacation time so I'm basically at home, uh, so that's that's uh, that's nice. And but you're right, I'm very much an an, an eager learner. So uh, my new hobby this year so far has been to not debate with human beings, but I'm starting to debate against AI these days because there is this new chat program online that's actually you know you can you can chat with. And uh, yesterday I got into a huge fight about you with it actually. Um, So, Finally, you found a friend. That's fantastic <laughs> news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, well, I wanted to prepare for this episode, so I asked it, uh, well, who's actually the best chess streamers in the world? And uh, the, the chat program thought a bit. He said it's uh, Hikaru Nakamura and Jan Gustafsson. And uh, I sort of, okay, I thought, uh, Jan Gustafsson, really? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jan Gustafsson is a, is a well-known uh, and very strong German grandmaster who's, who's known for his chess openings. Um, But he's also an excellent uh, chess streamer, and uh, he's a very successful chess coach. Which uh, okay, so, so, so stop trolling, Peter. I mean, it's too much. <laughs> who is praised by all praised by all his uh, students? And I said, sort of to it. Well, I mean, can you actually at least come up with some kind of um, you know examples or evidence that he's such an excellent uh, chess coach? And uh, well, it said that. Well, I should understand it's an AI agent, so he cannot come up with personal experiences, but. Uh, That's at least what you can see that other people talks about uh, Jan. So there is no direct evidence, but at least there is secondary evidence like like this. Um, and um, and then he suggested, well, but of course, um, if you want to have direct e evidence, why don't you contact Jan Gustafsson yourself? Um, 
Then I I told the chatbot. No, it's too much. It's too much. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Outside the podcast. Leave me alone. No, I I told the the chatbot that well, I tried contacting Jan, but he doesn't reply to me. And then it became sort of very caring for me. I said, yeah, but you know, well, it's normal that you admire someone and that they don't really respond back to you, and that of course can be be hard for you personally, but maybe Jan is very busy doing other things, but you can maybe, you can learn from Jan by watching some of his streams or, or things like that. And mm. at that point, I decided to turn off my computer. So <laughs> I like that AI. I'll start talking to him. <laughs> yeah. I tried actually. I also tried. Uh, it's very funny. I mean, it's, an, it's, it's uh, very impressive in my opinion. Yeah, no, it can prepare. I mean, you give the topic, you want to make a speech and it gives you um, something very, very impressive. So yeah, I was I, I tied probably less than you. Uh, probably yeah. you just started one, <laughs> one of your conversation, like but I, I I was toying around for for let's say twenty thirty minutes and it it was fun. Yeah, sounds excellent. Shall we get to the twenty twenty two recap? What a year in chess it has been. We've had a candidates tournament. We've had plenty of drama. We've had a lot of exciting newcomers. And what we will do is we will go through a list of categories brought to us by our beloved producer that we, especially Laurent, put in lots of thought and time to come up with an accurate answer to give you the most objective, science-based, timely, factual recap of the year 2022. Let's begin with the category Best Newcomer. Peter, who you got? I got Gukesh. Um, I mean, well, I I might have taken up to Satarov if it wasn't because he won the World Rapid and Blitz uh, the previous year. So, I mean, there is many to choose from, but I basically chose Gukesh in terms of um, a year ago. I would not be able to at all explain who he is or why he's good at chess. And uh, so in that terms, he was a revelation for me that, uh, well, you look at it like... Uh, rookies in American sports. It's someone I had no clue who was, and suddenly he's there, and I see him as a as a major player. So that's why I've chosen him over, for instance, Abdusatarov or, or Kamer, because these guys I actually know. For me, well, Gukesh came out of the blue and uh, turned out to be a, an amazing player. And it could be ignorance on my part, but, uh, well, so be it. So you discovered Gukesh at the same time Sotovsky discovered Nihal Sari. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Thanks a lot for, for the <laughs> comparison. But uh, that no, I remember specifically maybe even in 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 June I was at a chess camp in um, in the states and Ogor was talking about which uh, Indian of the prodigies is the strongest and he was mentioning maybe Gukesh and I thought okay, actually I really don't know, really know who that guy is and uh, now I do. He made himself a, a name. So I will show immediately that I I yeah. So you say you, that you are lying, Jan, and that I did my homework. As always, I also chose Gukesh. He's the highest rated of these kids. So see, I even oh. checked the, the, the rating list. Uh, you can you can fact check, yeah, no, no worries. And um, I chose him because Gukesh two seven twenty five, Eric Aisi two seven twenty two. You're not wrong. Yeah. Abdul Satorov two seven thirteen. And Eric Aisi actually is is nineteen, and that's the second reason I, I took him. I think Kamer, you have a, I mean, I'm spoiling your, your name, but I mean, they're all, all very good, but he's the youngest and, um, actually he made, um, the best performance in, in classical, uh, which matters the most, uh, to these days, my change. 
but uh, well, that's uh, two 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 points uh, I wanted to make: age and um, and classical chess. Uh, all all the other guys did incredibly well, and I'm very impressed by Kemmer, Gazi, and Abdusatov. But still, I would rate Gukesh a bit higher. Fair enough. I will also add Pragnananda to the list. If you don't have a priority on classical, but what he did in rapid was absolutely amazing as well. But I chose Vincent Keimer because I'm a homer. And I would guess if we want to find reasons for the choice, for me, it's more through my German lens. He finished his school in February and the way he's improved within the year since being done with High school or whatever you want to call it has just been amazing. Starting with the Grand Prix, then in the Champions Chess Tour, I got a front row seat at the Olympiad where I was sitting next to him and I discovered how incredibly strong he is. And now the Rapid Vice World Champion title was, of course, a nice end to the year. But I'll admit I'm, I'm a little biased and I think, yeah, picking Gukesh or Abdus Satorov or Erigaisi. You, you can't really go wrong either. No, that's interesting. That's a good point that uh, we don't know what the school uh, status with the, the other guys. It's a good info because uh, when you are fully focused on, on chess, it's a different story. Of course, you improve uh, much faster. So it's interesting. Now, of course, Kamer, I was also um, very, very impressed. Uh, well, what he did in the rapid was simply, simply amazing. They, they are all strong. We will see them soon in white. Maybe we will talk about them in the, the next, uh, next podcast, right? So. I noticed no one picked Nima to 706. <laughs> He'll be covered later, I think. No. Next category is best streamer. I'm not an expert because I don't watch a lot of chess streams. So I will hand over to the premier expert, Laurent Fresinet. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not watching a lot of streams, but I <laughs> only watch one. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, Nakamura is full of energy. Um, well, he has the best numbers. Uh, I don't know. He was, he was bragging about some numbers and was. I mean, it's not my. Even if I, if I, you know, I don't really. Uh, I'm not a big fan um, because I, I know the guy. Uh, but he's good. I mean, I must admit, he's good. Um, yes, he's full of energy. Which is amazing. The first time I saw him tired, it was when he was doing this recap, doing World Rapid and Blitz. Then he was doing the recap and he, he looked he looked quite tired. But yeah, he's the best because he has the best numbers. Yo, hard to refute Laurent with the numbers-based approach. I chose Naroditsky. I have to admit, I'm not watching him very much, but I hear people really are enjoying his content. The speed runs, he has beginner stuff, advanced stuff. He's very, very strong in bullet, and many people have become fans. But of course, hard to go against any of the other amazing streamers out there. Nakamura, the Botus sister, still going strong. Anna Crumbling with record numbers. But frankly, I I don't watch enough chess streams. Peter, do you watch any chess streams? Uh, extremely rarely, but I have actually well both you. The, the two you mentioned, I've had some contact with in terms that uh, I've actually seen a bit of uh, Nakamura's streams, uh, and, uh, but we talk really a bit. I saw a bit during St. Louis and then maybe once later. And Naroditsky, he's given me a, a lift uh, the previous year. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I actually know who you, you guys are talking about, but most likely you will not know about the streamers uh, I watch because the, the, the chess streamer I've seen the most is uh, 
Well, it's a Polish uh, female shogi player. I have seen Karolina Staszynski. She is uh, that's basically the only chess trainer I've been seeing this year. She sits there. She reads aloud uh, a Japanese book because none of us can understand Japanese and uh, goes goes through that. So that I have spent some some hours on. But uh, that's probably not really chess. So having to choose something, I have actually see, seen. I, I chose Matthew Sattler, which I, I really think is he's underrated. I mean. Well, Sadler's... Does he stream? He's a YouTube, but I'm sorry. That doesn't count. Are you serious? He doesn't do live streams. No, he does videos. Yeah, he's doing videos. Okay, no, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's not... That's something else. Well, yeah, Peter didn't know the definition of streamer. That I, that I was suspecting when I saw his answer. I understand that streamer is live, but I thought that... Uh, I mean, we could make an exception for, for guys of my age group who, who cannot tell the difference, but no. And then I don't see any streamers. It actually has to be live. Then... Uh, I have only seen Nakamura, but well, Sattler. Uh, actually, I, I will I will back up your 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 point, Peter. I saw Sadler streaming during the match, uh, the Nepo uh, Carson match. He was streaming every day with uh, Kasparov. So Kasparov was coming and giving his opinion on on the match, on the games. Maybe it was recorded. Actually, it was not live. No, yeah, no. it was recorded. I think he usually yeah. does recorded videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's he, good he, stuff. He, he does, and he is, uh, well, Sadler is my kind of guy, right? He, of course, only does uh, computer games, uh, well, computer games, chess engines playing against each other. It's, uh, while others cares about the setting, he's doing it from a basement with, with basically no, no sunlight, uh, and you can maybe see some curtains uh, drawn somewhere. And it's, you know, it's just pure ten chess context, and right? And he will do a long series of games, and suddenly he'll say, okay, there was this very fascinating opposite-colored bishop ending, and he will do a 40-minute episode on that, right? So uh, the audience is perhaps not that big, but I, I find it very interesting. But uh, the popular streamers, I'm sorry, I cannot really help you with it. All right. Moving on. Best dressed. Easy. My boy, Anish Giri. Who is a sharp dresser? in the chess world. Magnus always well-dressed, but okay, he has all these custom-made clothes with his sponsor stuff on. And Giri, to some extent, is well-known. I'm not sure if that, if that loses a bit in the dressing style. But the people that are celebrated, like Levon, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't like his style. I know it works for him, but it's not for me. Um, so I'm going with Anish. Yeah, okay. Yeah, me too. I'm going with uh, with Gary because I must admit that I think I, I agree that Magnus is generally better dressed, but he's not consistent. I mean, sometimes he comes, you know, like in the Olympiad. While uh, Gary, I mean, I mean, I never saw him like uh, even in the Olympiad. He's always taking care of um, how he's dressing. So I think he he wins the context for consistency. Yeah. Well. First of all, I dislike having uh, you know look-based uh, competition and uh, object to that. But of course, if I have to pick a winner, it would be very much be be Aronian. I mean, he is uh, he has character. He's he's interesting to to look at, and uh, also has uh, considerable style points in my point of view. I mean, Giri, yeah, I, I, I I I just don't get. I mean, uh, well, it's boring, uh, frankly. And with no, <laughs> with no, no personality whatsoever. No, I think Aronian, uh, you know, he, he makes oh, his, yeah. his mark. He has uh, thought about it, and he doesn't care what others uh, think. And uh, no, that, that I, I thoroughly respect. If I if I had to choose, so that's very much my. I mean, well, Jan guns at my guy. I guns at him. I think it's fair enough. No, congrats, Levon. Peter likes your style. <laughs> <And> <laughs> moving on to the best controversy. 
Maybe we start with Peter here, because I'm assuming Laurent and I have the same. Yeah, I mean, you have chosen the obvious uh, winner, and uh, I would probably also go in that direction. I would uh, well also be tempted to have a, a run-up in the, the Geary hack, but of course, uh, well, I cannot hide that I think um, the, the events with um, FIDE and the, the, the Russia things, when, when the war became full-scale, is, is uh, I mean... Well, I think Dvorkovic should have been uh, immediately removed. And, um, well, I have I could go into that for a whole show, but I think uh, enough said that, um, I mean, that, that is the biggest chess scandal uh, because also it has perspectives further, much further than that. But uh, let's over to you and talk about the chess, chess scandal, actually. What can you say? It's Hans Niemann against the world starting in the Sinkfield Cup um, or at least publicly starting in the Sinkfield Cup with Magnus Carlsen losing the game to him because of some crappy preparation by Laurent. And then <laughs> Magnus retiring from the tournament with this tweet saying, if I speak, I'm in big trouble. And the events that unfolded from there with the whole chess world, playing detective, us included, for a couple months. Then the Chesscom report and, of course, The four times million dollar lawsuit brought five to you. Times. Five times. Ah, did I miss someone? Yeah. Who's number five? It's Magnus Carlsen, the Play Magnus Group, Chesscom, Nakamura. Who's number five? Daniel Wrench, personally? No. No, it's four times. Okay. It's four times. You're, you're wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, and also, um, when, also it's, um, yeah, of course it was um, a big controversy, but it's also about uh, cheating. You know, we heard, This online stuff during the pandemic uh, became big and uh, nobody was, you know, talking about it publicly. And then it came, you know, and it came like a, like a storm, you know, and now uh, we, we have like uh, new, uh, I got, I don't know, I'm not playing that much, but maybe I played like two games in Bundesliga and five days in Israel. I was uh, checked three times. So, you know, it's a big, uh, <laughs> it's a kind of... Uh, you are suspiciously strong. <laughs> <laughs> suspicious, but I was not the only one. So, uh, I mean, like, people are checking, so this is a new way to to, to do chess tournaments. And, uh, well, uh, yeah, it's, so it's a, it's a big, big thing. That's uh, um, what happened was, uh, was a really big thing. Big, big thing. But this is the internal consequences. I mean, basically, well, for instance, Danish news has been covering it all the time. I mean, uh, yeah. it's breaking that now this happens, that happens, the report no, is out or, or things like this. And even, you know, well, would they be able to play each other in the World Rapid Blitz? Danish media, who doesn't care at all about that tournament, uh, was referring Norwegian articles about the subject. Uh, But it got like a lot that. of uh, publicity because of this anal plug stuff, yeah? Mainly. Partly, I but think. not not only, I would say, even before that. It's the first time Partly? in my, li my life no. that I decided to shut off my phone because I didn't want to be disturbed uh, by journalists uh, contacting me. Generally, no one cares, but uh, at that stage it became I insane, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, actually I was contacted actually a lot. Me too, me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we know. But uh, but also, even Germany was, I mean, they also covered it a lot, I assume, right? Oh, it was all over the place. Yeah, Any yeah. comedy or yeah. news podcast yeah. I listened to was uh, was all over it, of course. 
Ah, it's too good material. Often the the AL beats being the the headline. Yeah. But the, many people also try to get into it seriously. Shout out to the chess bros. I forgot about them. In best streamer. Oh, <laughs> ah, that's totally that's totally. No, we had actually uh, Danish journalists not testing out anal beats, but uh, similar on uh, on live shows. And uh, I mean, as you said, they t- tend to do it comedically, but still, there was a lot of uh, content in it uh, as well. And also, well, for the chess world, it seems to have consequences. Of course, uh, Lorang would like to to mention his his Bundesliga games, but uh, even even bigger than that. And uh, as I assume, it's still an ongoing story, right? I mean, we are we all waiting for the feeder report. Or is it just me, or how does it uh, sort of? It's oh, it just you. It's just me. Okay. Just you. <laughs> okay. No, and um, yeah, actually, it takes quite a while. How long did they start this video report? They had a new story that uh, it wasn't coming out anytime soon. Okay. Feed the website. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, you're the one who knows more about that. So, I mean, well, I don't know. Do you see it as something that could actually massively hurt our sport? Is it mainly entertainment? Or I'm waiting for the lawsuit, not the feeder report. Like. <clears throat> Yeah, that's also stalled a bit. Uh, I mean, I thought that uh, Neiman was given some time to reply to some things, but uh, I don't know what happened. Oh. Yeah, I also haven't followed very much, but I think he just had to meet some formal requirement within a week. Mm-hmm. I assume he did, but yeah, I've, I haven't no. heard a lot of news on that recently. No. no. Other than that, I think it's good the cheating topic is more out in the open than all this speculation yeah. and private chats we've had for years and even the names that aren't publicly talked about, people, yeah, kind of know about now. So it's, uh, I guess it's uh, going into a good direction. Where it will end up, I have no idea. Because it still has the potential to destroy chess as well, with cheating getting that much attention and more people getting into it. From the competition I've seen, it looks like at the highest levels, to me, the game is still very much intact. So I'm not... I'm not that worried, but of course, it's a topic that will keep us busy, probably for years. Yeah. Good direction, I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i annoyed at, for instance, uh, the delay of coverage. I think it spoils uh, events to a certain extent. Uh, and, uh, well, we, we've spoken I mean, about come on. that. If it's Rapid and Blitz, it was three minutes in Rapid and one minute in Blitz. Can you tell me uh, what did it change? I think you, you just... Come up with this argument of the time that the delay is, is... Yeah, there is a risk Risk it will be spoiled that, uh, you know, when things are exciting, someone will tweet, okay, this guy actually <sighs> won. And, uh, one, one minute delay. You cannot mm-hmm. really miss. One minute delay, maybe. But, uh, and and uh, three well, there is a lot of focus on it, but not, I mean, well, as they're saying, we're doing all these kind of checks. And I think, well, uh, Sutovsky was, was tweeting that, you know, we were doing a lot of uh, things and no one was caught, but that's not necessarily a success, right? And, uh, well, I think it's still something that's going to be a pain for us that has, has no really good solution. Uh, I cannot suggest one at least. So, I mean, how if it's going to be good or bad, I don't know. But I agree with Jan, of course, that I'm a big transparency guy and that we actually get something that concerns a lot out in the open is, is very healthy, no doubt. So so, so mm-hmm. that much I'll give him. Let's move on. A lot of categories to get through here. Book of the year. I read like five chess books. And the one I like best was Think Like a Super Grandmaster by Mickey Adams and, oof, I'm a horrible person, yeah. Philip Hurtado. I'm not sure I got the, the name right. But I, I got a lot of the exercises right in the book. And that's why I liked it. Um, no, but seriously, I thought it was a good book, good concept, trying to explain more 
how people really think over the chessboard, not these. Here are seven pages of computer analysis. Your idiot didn't solve it, which is a bit of a tendency, I think, in these calculation books. Um, so I like to think like a super grammar. Mm -hmm. um, I, I also think it was a great uh, book. Um, and, uh, well, I probably read a, a bit more books than you guys, but still considerably less. Um, of course, I read quite some openings book, but I'm, as you know, I'm paranoid about giving away that... Uh, you know, I will study winning with the modern or something like that so that people could uh, deduct information like that. So, I mean, the books I really liked uh, this year, but I'm not going to nominate them because they're number three in a sequel. For instance, both this, uh, I think this Laska sequel there is, and then there is this sequel on uh, the, the Soviet chess championships, I think are just uh, excellent books that brings in a lot of new information, a lot of research, and are well written, and I find them uh, incredibly interesting. So, I mean... These books I would heavily recommend, but I think to, to nominate something that's uh, part of a sequel also becomes a bit weird if they win year after year after year. So, well, I've chosen to be semi-political once again and uh, take the, the book called From Ukraine with Love. And it's basically a, a joint effort by a lot of uh, Ukrainian uh, chess players that uh, very shortly after the invasion, I think in March uh, it was made and it was out in April, they made sort of a book on the, the heritage of, of Ukrainian chess, talking about uh, you know, their former masters and their own careers and made a lot of highlights of that. And I think um, well, that was a cool concept, um, doing it at some point where the, sort of the, the existence of their nation is, is in doubt and also that they actually succeeded in making a good book, I think, uh, deserves praise and, and, and merit. So that's, um, that is going to be my, my, my uh, choice. Laurent? Laurent, do you read any chess books? No, I, I, I was very much into chess books. Like I was going to the shop, to the library in uh, in Paris, like twice a month, I would say, and buy something wow. almost Obsessive. every time. But I, I, I lost, <laughs> I lost this. No, really, I, I had a lot of chess books. Um, we believe you. I read last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and yeah, and yeah, I lost this <laughs> habit during the pandemic, and actually, I be I'm becoming seems I'm becoming more stupid by the day. And now I, I, I just, I'm just, I'm spending my free time uh, watching Naka. And uh, I bought some chessable courses as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I didn't read any chess books, uh, which is a shame. Uh, I should, definitely. But uh, I lost this habit, you know, going to the shop, uh, checking the books. And I lost it during, during that... Um, that pandemic, which is a pity, I should I should come back to it and uh, yeah, think like a super grandmaster. Actually, yeah, uh, that should be interesting, um, I guess. But I don't. Know. Somewhere explaining to oh. me, there was not uh, aimed at uh, higher rated players like ourselves, but more for for lower rated. But um, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I think I agree. But it made me feel good because I could solve the exercise. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> but uh, no, I think it was still interesting because they had some high-rated players as well and they described how they thought about it and then lower-rated players to see their thought process and what they what they would miss and things that might be obvious to us. So I thought it was interesting information even for... I thought a great concept, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, high-rated people. But yeah, I guess it's mainly English. Slightly lower-rated. All right, next category... The best tournament of the year 2022. Peter, what do you got? Yeah, I have uh, sort of uh, of uh, over the board tournament. I have the Olympiad because I thought um, 
Well, the Indians pulled off a magnificent uh, tournament with uh, at short notice, and uh, well, I've been praising all the the chess uh, volunteers before because they were so much into chess, and that they gathered them from the the whole country like this. Uh, having said that, I was only there a few days and mainly hang out at um, at, at the, the FIDE Congress. Well, you guys were there for the tournament for, for for two weeks, so maybe I'm biased by just having a glimpse of it while you guys uh, saw saw how it was. But um, well, that was my choice there. But of course, uh, if I only can choose one, I will take the Mister Dodgy Invitational. Um, mainly just because it's uh, such a good or, or rather strange story. I mean, it's a uh, fictional character that we, we barely know the, the, the name of, although I think uh, he outed himself during the Sitges tournament. And um, I thought it just uh, started out as a indeed good joke in, in the first season. And then, well, the, the normal thing would be to stop it before it becomes embarrassing. But but rather than that, it, it uh, kept going. And now even the world champion is playing it. And it's still named after a fictitious character. I find somehow that it's... Um, it's too funny that it's possible to do something like that because it, it really shouldn't be possible. But it, it works out and it was great content. So for some reason that, uh, you know, sort of uh, tickles my kind of humor. And uh, I also think it has a, it's both funny but a, a good product as well. Congratulations, Mr. Dodgy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's also having a lot of fake prizes he gives to himself, but this one is at least from me for, for real. All right, Laurent? Yeah, no, I chose, of course... Uh, my guess was that it was between candidates, Olympiad, and Rapid and Blitz candidates. I don't think it was exciting, actually. At the end of the day, just Nepo, it was... Uh, You're just doing all the feed events, yeah? Yeah, no, but it's one... one, one I mean, like, there was no, let's say, uh, no intrigue uh, at the end of the tournament, which is a pity. Olympiad, it's for me very hard to judge because... I don't know if from outside is that exciting or not because I'm taking part in this Olympiad, so you know I'm in my home tournament, so it's difficult to to judge is that as as, um, as a thing. But uh, the one I was watching and the one I was uh, commenting, which was incredibly exciting, is as every year, you know, this World Rapid and Blitz. There's a lot of rapid events online, but that one, uh, this live. Uh, uh, Rapid and Blitz makes it uh, very, very special. You can see some the faces of players, the excitement. They look much more um, tangible enough. Uh, there is uh, much more tension uh, in those games than in this online games. So uh, th th it seems to me that players they, they care much more. I don't know why. Probably because it's you, you get a title of a champion, but also you face the other guy. And... Um, I guess it's a different feeling uh, online. So that was for me um, the best, the best tournament because this is the best uh, format. There you go. I went with the obvious and only correct choice: the candidates. I mean, we didn't have a world championship match, so to me, it's still the crown jewel of chess is the world championship match. And then it's exciting to see who qualifies. And I disagree; there wasn't excitement because we sort of knew officially or unofficially, that Magnus most likely wasn't defending his title. So there was a lot of intrigue until the last round who would finish second and who would play in the next match. And I think it also had a lot of storylines with Fabi looking amazing in the first half, then losing to Nakamura, collapsing Nakamura, coming so close to the second place. But Ding hanging in there after yet again a bad start. Then the unlikely repeat from Nepomnishi just destroying the field. 
I thought it was exciting and I was entertained by every single round. I agree the World Rapping Blitz is great fun too, but the stakes don't feel don't feel as high to me as for the candidates. And yeah, the Olympiads, okay, I was also there. I have mixed feelings. I thought it was a great event, incredibly well organized at short notice. But for me, it was also mainly being trapped in our hotel, which mm. was very nice, I have to say. But you couldn't go outside. When I would go to the to the front door, there would be 10 guards saying, sorry, sir, you are, you are our guest. You're too important. You can't go. So other than this being in the playing hall and <clears throat> at the Bermuda party, where, yeah, we had a good time, but it ended too early. Um, <clears throat> I didn't really get to interact with many people. And as a spectator, I can't judge, but of course, it showed a lot of great performances by up-and-coming youngsters, which we'll get to. So it was exciting, but for me, it's the candidates. It's clearly number one. Did, did, did the guard, did the uh, white shame you in India? <laughs> Where's that? What, 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 uh, when you tried to get out of uh, the hotel, did the white shame you or not? No, there was no no white shaming. It wasn't like in Thailand because I didn't manage to go out, so people couldn't laugh at my very white legs. <laughs> well, I was staying at the Fida Delegates Hotel, and of course we could leave uh, whenever we felt like it and have a good time in the city. Not that I did it much, but I will give you at that uh, from a chess perspective. Of course, the candidates was uh, the event I cared by far the most and looked forward to and enjoyed watching. I was more thinking, well, best tournament. That was uh, at least partly in an organ organizational manner not rather than uh, pure oh. chess content so maybe i misunderstood my task for a change no i mean i don't know it could yeah. be yeah let's get to the next category best individual tournament performance that went speaking of the olympiad with gukesh i don't even know his final result but him starting yeah. with what was a seven and a half out of eight crushing everybody in his path with white no, it was eight out of eight right i i think it I was Ah, seven out of seven, eight out of eight. Yeah, and then maybe he made a draw as black against uh, Karana. We could all joke. That, no, no, he uh, beat Karana. Ah, sorry. No, okay. no, it's Mamedyev. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like uh, something like no, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, uh, <coughs> it was completely yeah. insane. Of course, he lost this pivotal game to uh, up to Satorov, where he, yeah, I don't know, overpushed or lost the threat, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that was the sickest yeah. performance I have yeah, yeah. I have seen all year. Uh huh. Well, I was cheating a bit here. We, we call it best individual tournament. But, uh, well, I, I took the Uzbek Olympiad team because I thought that, uh, well, Uzbekistan winning a chess Olympiad and winning it in a very deserved manner is, uh, well, that's quite a sensation. I understand, of course, that uh, neither Russia nor China was playing, but uh, the US uh, so-called dream team was there. It was supposed to be so much stronger than everybody else. But uh, the Uzbek won fair and square in a convincing manner. I thought that, you know, well, that is a, a serious sensation. Maybe you can argue that uh, years back, uh, Armenia was doing something else, but I still think Armenia was considered in a higher league than uh, Uzbekistan before the, for the I event. I think so. because you are not, you're not following. I, I thought before the Olympiad uh, that they were, they were clearly a dark horse. Okay. I mean, it was not impossible that, that they would win. They have a young team. It wasn't, it wasn't impossible, but even so, it was uh, incredibly it's impressive. It's a very, very young team, uh, uh, and people are improving. This guy Sindaov, uh, for instance, he outplayed uh, Aliaza in the in the World Cup. I mean, all these names we knew, and we knew they were. I mean, I knew actually they were like um, under eighteen, uh, basically, and they were actually they were number number sixteen, I think, 
are number 15 and France was number 16. Uh, so the first day I saw their team, I saw our team, I thought, okay, uh, <laughs> they have better chances. <laughs> they have much, much better chances than us to, to do something great. And then I assume you have uh, chosen yourself some underdog performing well for your choice, right? No, I think... Uh, we are getting we are t getting used to that, but I think it's just amazing to get the, the triple crown, and uh, Magnus getting he's still the world uh, champion in classical. He's not going to defend, but he didn't lose his title, and he's winning back the rapid and blitz. I think that's amazing actually to win in all three categories. I'm not sure uh, when Magnus will will uh, at some point he will quit or become uh, weaker, or probably both, actually, at the same time. Um, but to win the Triple Crown, I don't think it will be repeated uh, very, very often. I mean, it's just, just amazing, and so many strong players. And it also, uh, it's only, let's say, 13 rounds in the Rapid, so it's a bit random as well. But uh, it's the third time he's doing that, and, uh, well, uh, that's for us, it became a bit, you know, uh, something possible, normal, but actually I think it's really amazing. was pretty amazing. So to sum up, in best individual tournament performance, Laurent chose two tournaments, the Rapid and Blitz, and Peter <laughs> chose the team performance. And <laughs> yeah. let's move on to... Oh, I didn't see this category, is it new? Ah, yeah, FIDA Official of the Year. <laughs> Exciting category. We'll start with the expert. Laurent, who's your who's your FIDA official of the year? Yeah, I didn't know uh, whom to pick, but uh, I thought it was very surprising to see Anand uh, there. He's still, uh, still a very strong player. I saw a tweet well, I shared with you that it's been 30 years. He's, at, he's over 2,700. So... Yeah, I mean, it feels a bit weird to see Vichy in the middle of this uh, Congress, you know, FIDE Congress, with all those guys who are saying for so many years. I don't know. So uh, for me, it's a bigger surprise to see uh, someone like Vichy in the, in the middle of this, uh, of this mess. Let, let's call it uh, that way. Uh, for me, it's clearly Nigel Short. It wasn't clear if he was in or if he was out. He had this tweet, I'll either have a lot to say or a lot to do. And then he started a beautiful trip throughout Southeast Asia, all the exotic islands you want to be on um, in wintertime, growing the game. Well played, Nigel. I think he's even even an employee. He gets paid. So, Nigel, clearly my, my FIDE comeback official of the year. Congratulations. I don't know if he's, a, if he's an employee, but I think I don't he know. gets... He is. I, I think... Ah. But he gets some money one way or another. That's uh, that's his honest person. He gets okay. a salary. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay that's very, amazing. Very like, so I will speak or you just give me a, a job, yeah? That's what <laughs> he meant, yeah? With his tweet. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't know. I will speak out. You mean anything. <laughs> I have, Peter, who you got? I have looked at it more from a sort of competition point of uh, view, who I think has uh, improved... Uh, uh, his or her status the most uh, within the feed hierarchy. And uh, then I think the obvious choice is uh, Dana Reichnitsch-Osola. Uh, I mean, uh, well, um, I think she's clearly the number two in, in, in feed right now uh, and uh, the likely successor to, to, to Dvorkovic in, in uh, three or four years' time. So uh, I have just looked at it from a pure sort of, let's say, 
power perspective, uh, like it was a chess tournament who has, uh, who is sort of, um, you know, I think there was many trying to get that and then she clearly succeeded. So uh, I think that uh, that's my conclusion. So no gossip or anything, just uh, pure power rankings for my part. Big fan of Donna. Whenever I see her, she looks energetic. She's doing stuff in, in a good mood. So I think she genuinely, for a change, yeah, seems to be putting in a lot of effort to grow Grow the game whenever she's somewhere. I don't know much about the internal power struggles. No, I mean, like, what I, I... I kind of agree with you, Jan, but she didn't respect this. Uh, you know, she was an employee, and, uh, or she's still an employee. And during these three months, you know, where you, you cannot campaign, and she was basically uh, traveling all the time to every country. I mean, talking about... Probably something else than the election, but maybe sometimes as well. Uh, talking about the upcoming election, so making sure. Uh, all, all That's why I chose Nigel. He waited for the election to be over <laughs> yeah. to start his big trip. It's actually an interesting part. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's not. You. You cannot. You have to respect the rules. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and she didn't. So um, she's losing credit into my eyes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll be alone on that appeals committee. It's all right. <laughs> um, quote of the year. Category number nine. Laurent, you want to keep going? Yeah, okay. It's clear that uh, this uh, chess speaks for itself was uh, the biggest one. I mean, like Neiman getting crushed uh, right, left and center during this uh, Miami. Uh, I think he lost all his, all his matches, but won one game against Carlsen, against Magnus. And then said chess speaks for itself. That was kind of... Um, that was, that was, uh, yeah, a very arrogant way to to do it. So that for me is the most maybe one of the most uh, memorable. Uh, but you, you use is good, very very good uh, as well, obviously. Thank but you, you did you did work before me, so I had to pick something else. I chose two. I'm not sure if that's allowed, but I have very sus chat, very sus. <laughs> um, which That's yeah, a good one. always cheers me but up. You need to and explain. I think it summed up the second half of the of the year. Like we were all playing detective. Everything was a little little suspect, but in the end, no one came up with much evidence from what I've seen. Or I'm sure you could dispute that. But I think it sums up the mood of the chess world in the second half of the year. And then there's also, of course. Not really a quote, but more a tweet. Mourinho quote, if I speak, I'm in big trouble, which led to, led to all this mess in the Magnus Carlsen tweet. Peter, what do you have? I have, um, I wasn't born yesterday. Well, it's from by Sokolov. He did, uh, in my opinion, an, an excellent, a very interesting uh, interview after Uzbekistan won the Olympiad, where he sort of uh, explained his how he's been working with the team. And... Uh, no, I just, uh, well, it's a very interesting read in general about chess coaching, and I thought there was many sort of peculiar points, but this one is basically, he talks about, uh, you know, the Bermuda party, the kids want to go there, and he says, well, you know, you can't go there. They tell him, yeah, we'll just go there a little bit, and he says, he just looks at them and says, you know, I wasn't born yesterday, and um, forbids them to do that. And, uh, well, we all know Sokolov, and that he was doing it a lot in his youth. So basically, well, he's enforcing that, but it gives... But I think he quit in his early 20s, no, like... <laughs> you could you could be right. I'm, I wouldn't know, uh, would be the honest answer. But uh, no, I just thought it was a great quote from a great interview. And uh, well, to be fair, you had chosen the good, uh, good one, so I had to come up with something else. 
Oh, you did choose first. I <laughs> did, but like, I mean, your, your cho- <laughs> I mean, your choice was predictable. So yeah, I was being nice. Thank you. Number 10, game of the year. Peter, keep going. Yeah, I mean, there is many good games, but uh, for me, the standout game is, uh, well, it's played maybe more than 30 times. This is this uh, Berlin draw where they just keep repeating uh, the same same game and agreeing a draw. And uh, I mean, for me, it stands out in the way that uh, it's a strange thing in our sport. And this makes a big impression on me that we actually just have a game. You can go and play and repeat it and then leave. Even, well, like I say, it was a different game. It was this Grinfeld game that... Um, I mean, well, that is the more the things I, I think about. Of course, there was many great games. You will mention mention some, but uh, for me, this is the one that makes an impression. That it's uh, it's a strange sport we have that uh, two players can just go there, get it over in one minute, and we just shrug our shoulders and move on. But uh, I guess I'm making anything political these days. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a 2022 thing. Is Berlin? No, you're or, right. I'm just, sure I've seen plenty in 2020 yeah. and 21, but so. yeah, it doesn't make it any better. Well, I was also trying to avoid choosing one game in, instead of others because there is many candidates, but nothing that really stands out. But uh, well, you guys have more courage, so let's let's talk about yours. Yeah, the game that came to my mind immediately was this game Rapport versus Ding from the candidates. I'm not sure if it's the game of the year or if anything that special happened, but I recall that I was very impressed with it. Like some deep opening prep and a very surprising maneuver to me by Ding in the opening and some, yeah, slightly offbeat, but still theoretical Spanish Ding spent three moves playing Rook B8, Rook B7, Rook to C7 when he could have done anything else. And then, yeah, very sharp game, very well played by both sides later. Rapport sacrificed a piece to spice it up in time trouble, but Ding reacts perfectly. And Rapport commits one mistake, far from obvious mistake. Ding converts. To me, it was beautiful to see. And I'm still a big fan of peak Ding. Like, we haven't seen him much for obvious reasons. But when he's in shape, like, he's really the whole package. Like, he has very deep ideas. He doesn't lose his cool. He calculates excellently, converts excellently. So that was the game that stood out or that came to my mind first. But, of course. You could argue for anything. I, I had forgotten about it. I had to check it. Uh, I'm curious. Laurent, do you know instantly which game he's talking about? No, not no, at all. Exactly. No, no. no, I think Jan's pick is a very expert pick. And I, when I look through <laughs> yeah. it now, I start recalling it. I think, yeah, it was an uh, insane amount of content in, in, in one game. But uh, Yeah, uh, it was so no, full. It wasn't just one beautiful yeah. combination, mm-hmm. but yeah. The theory debate, the resilience, the tactics. I thought it was no, great. of course, I, I I can't remember any games, so I took. A no, but job. Jan is one. I mean, he will be one out of hundred choosing that game, and he will defend it, and he, he could actually be right. It's uh, when well, I, it's not a. There's nothing objective, right? It's the game that stood out to me the yeah, most. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, I have my reasons. No, also, and uh, with hindsight, a lot was at stake, and, and things like this. I mean, it's a yeah, it's yeah. an interesting struggle. So, and this is, of course, when it becomes very nice. But, but uh, I agree that we want to see more of. Uh, of Ding 2019. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's hope he comes back for the match. But yeah, of course, uh, the uh, <laughs> I saw that game, this gay do both game from the, the World Rapid, and ah, that was really uh, the kind of games Dubov already uh, played against Kayakin. I remember some, some prep in the Italian, some crazy game. Uh, but th- that one was just one of... Um, Daniel uh, Brilliancy and uh, <laughs> actually it was played like one week ago so I can still remember it. Yeah. Well, I have to ask at this point, is the World Rapping Blitz the only tournament you saw <laughs> yeah. in 2022? Like you picked it as tournament of the year, you picked it as best performance, 
game of the year. It's becoming it's becoming suspect. That's the only one I can I can remember. Um, <laughs> no, but to be uh, more serious, I was I was very excited by it, and every year I'm really looking forward to it. So. Um, I think it's not too long. Uh, I mean, it's exact. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's the right format. Actually, uh, everything is done uh, perfectly. Uh, three days, two days, five days. We are just full of emotions at the end, and uh, it's not too long, not too short. Everything is fine. I, I will praise the game a bit. I mean, Dubov has this ability against Giri and against Kayakin. He's done it with both before to play this. Extremely provocative style where he just uh, basically plays with contempt and somehow, you know, managed to actually uh, to sort of go through with this kind of uh, playing against passivity. And uh, no, I mean, this game, he just plays like Black is completely winning in a slightly worse position and managed to build up an incredible attack. And he has, the point is, he's doing it on purpose. It's so provocative and that he managed to pull it off is extremely impressive. I mean, he's uh, playing against the opener. He's very clever. Yeah. Uh, I, I could. Uh, well, I think we all understand that these guys can be bluff, but the ability and the courage to do it, I, I only see Dubov doing to this uh, ridiculous extent that he's, I mean... Yeah, he understands that it's uh, probably the perfect opponent to, to do that. Yeah, he did it the same with Kayakin, beat him 4-0 in a match yeah. at some point, and I think that was, uh, I mean, he was uh, he was being so provocative in that match. And, uh, no, it yeah. was very enjoyable. Oh, Jan, you want to stand up for the chickens? Or? No, no, I'm good. Let's move on to the next category. Best player, that's an exciting one. Yeah. I think we all chose the very surprising Magnus Carlsen in here. Well, I'm... Co- Thanks for adding that category. Who would have thought? I am contract- contractually obliged, but I think I'm also right. I think there's nothing much to discuss, right? It's uh, You cannot even make an, make an argument against it. Uh, he has a triple crown. Like, yeah. He did lose the finals of the Speed Chess Championship to Nakamura, but I don't think... No. That's enough to tip the scales. He also won the Champions Chess Tour. He's still pretty good at chess. He was shocked. Uh, also, he has an excuse for losing that speech at championship. He was, he was sad that France uh, <laughs> lost yeah. to Argentina. Yeah. I think that's my. I don't know. I I don't have any inside info, but that's my be- that's, that's, that's my guess. Then we have best female chess player. I went with Leiting G. I'm not sure. You could also make a case, of course, for her countryman, Tan Shong Yi. Both of these were incredibly strong in the candidates tournament. Could make a case for Goryachkina, who I think is the highest rated active player, because I haven't seen that much of Hu Yifan and Zhu and Jun. But to me, Leiting Jie seemed a little stronger, also a little higher rated than Tan Shong Yi, so I went with her. Yeah, uh, I, I went with... Uh Chan Shenji instead, but I agree that it's a toss-up between the, the, the two. Just to add what you said, that Goryashkina is actually higher rated than uh, and Jun at the moment. And uh, I was expecting her to be the player of the year, but she, she faltered in the candidates. Uh, and that, of course, uh, tips the balance. And, uh, well, when I had to choose between uh, Chan Shenji or, or Lei, I chose Tan because of the uh, World Rapid uh, title she added. So... Uh, for me, it's a, it's a toss-up uh, between the two uh, at present. And I think you make a decent point that, um, well, some of the best players has not been been, been active. And especially the, the, the current world champion has not uh, played at all, right? So that's a bit, bit, bit strange. 
I think Goryashkina, she played, uh, did she play the Open Russian Championship, if I remember correctly? She did. Yeah, and, and she did. Uh, <laughs> you don't remember the. Okay. And she didn't sort of uh, falter there, and uh, that was quite, quite in, in, impressive, in, in, in my opinion. But, um, well, then she had a slip up in the candidates, and of course that, that matters a lot. So. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not following uh, very much um, the, the chess, uh, the female uh, chess circuit uh, for for different reasons. As we said, the, the top players are not playing, so I think this lacks a bit of intrigue. Um, in my opinion, also I'm not uh, commenting on, on on such events. And last. Uh, but not least, I used to play. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm playing a lot, uh, and I am following my former or still colleagues. I don't know, but it's also natural to to follow the, the people against whom you played uh, mostly. So yeah, in general, uh, you got likes, nothing. What are you saying? It, yeah, it likes UEFA and it likes uh, Juventus playing more. It likes uh, Judith Polgar, but we'll never uh, see her again. And uh, yeah, I was uh, the, the latest uh, story was about uh, Kadema Chaye, but that was outside of the board. And I thought she she's an Iranian player who, um, in protest um, to to Iran government, she 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 didn't put she didn't play with her scarf. And uh, I thought that was amazing. Now she's in Spain. I was reading, so she has. It's too dangerous for her to come back to Iran. So that's something I really, uh, I really re respect and uh, admire her fight uh, for for women in in Iran, for the w w woman's fight in Iran. So yeah, that's what uh, caught my attention. Yeah, all the best to her and yeah. her. Her family for sure all right category number 12 best player who isn't magnus Laurent, who did you go with alia when he's showing up no jokes uh san luis uh three out of three or no two and a half i mean he lost the tiebreak but so impressive uh pity uh in the candidates but still we were talking about best newcomers uh in uh, in the first category and we are naming gukesh kamer and so on but let's not forget that uh Ariaza is miles ahead is uh, he was 2800 where well, he's doing everything for us to forget him no he doesn't play yeah but when he plays except the candidates of course uh, but if he plays two tournaments per year and one goes horribly and then you can't say but when he plays he's amazing okay he's, he's world number one in blitz he's world number four in classical Let, let's not let's not forget about that i mean this has numbers and world number one in blitz is like 2900 he's obviously amazing but <laughs> i find it very hard to call him the non-magnus player of the year 2022 when best he player i think he's a Fair enough, yeah, it's true, actually. It's, yeah. it's called it's best player. player, and uh, well, you may argue that Ding and Nepo are still better, but considering his, his youth um, and his uh, citizenship, uh, you may <laughs> change your mind. Yeah, yeah. All I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. I went with Ding, like, Nepo crushing the candidates was incredibly impressive, of course, but yeah, since it's called best player, and I might be very wrong about this, the next World Championship match will tell us, to me, Pig Ding or yeah, Ding still, I think, 
of him as maybe a little stronger than Ipomnishi. I could be very wrong, and, and we'll see. But yeah, I went with Ding, even though we have seen very little of him. And the candidates, in the end, it was a happy ending, but it didn't go that great for him from start to finish either with a shaky start. To blame on the circumstances and so on. But by pure chest strength, to me, if we're not counting Magnus, Ding currently is my my number two. Fabi's always in the mix there, but yeah, he, he couldn't keep it up at the candidates at a bad Olympiad. So I still believe in Fabi, but he, he needs to show us. He, Peter. Yeah, I mean, I probably have the problem that I cannot read. So I understood as player of the year, not being Magnus rather than the best player. And for that reason, I chose Nakamura. I thought that, you know... He was the story of the year. He was, uh, you know, qualifying to the candidates quite surprisingly, getting a wild card, managing to to fight his way through. He did very well in the candidates. Uh, he beat Magnus in the Speed Chess Championship. Uh, he became the uh, 960 World Chess Champion. I thought that, um, well, you know, he, he was the story of the year. I don't think he's the second best chess player in the world, if that's the question. So, um, but, um, I mean, Nakamura, I think, exceeded, at least my expectations to a, to a great deal. And uh, while we tend to see him as um, mainly a streamer, perhaps he is mainly a streamer, but we are forgetting how much a strong player he was. And he, he reminded us of, of that to a huge extent this year. But um, of course, if we're debating who is the second best chess player in the world, I think your candidates are, are better than mine. All right. Next category, predictions for 2023. Did I read this? Hang on. Ah, yeah, there's a couple questions. Nepomnishi or Ding? That's the World Championship match coming up. Do we know when it's when and where it's held, by the way? I haven't seen news on that recently. I mean, Mexico is being mentioned, but I think nothing yeah. nothing firm on that. Uh, I mean, there is... A, yeah, there was a month ago, yeah. but there was no follow-up, right? No, I mean, the next uh, FIDE Council meeting is going to be in uh, in Mexico, so that's uh, you can take that as a hint if you want. But, uh, I mean, no, nothing... Um, I don't have uh, neither official nor inside knowledge about it, but that will be my best guess. It's the only thing that's been mentioned, at least. All right. So the question is Nepomnishi or Ding? I went with with Ding for the reasons I gave gave earlier, even though I'm not sure. It feels very 50-50 because Nepomnishi also has the experience of this match against Magnus. I think he has a... A probably better team in place with yeah a lot of great theoreticians, Vitugov, uh, Leko, um, Tomaszewski, you name them. He will probably also have the, the resources. Um, so it's yeah, to me it's a toss-up, but I'm I'm going Ding. Yeah, it's a big question mark towards uh Ding Ding Pep and Ding Shape. Uh, actually didn't play much the last uh, couple of years. In candidates, it was very shaky. Is opening pep? I don't. I don't like it. Uh, I mean, general uh, um, always plays the same, and uh, I don't know. Um, likes you know uh, a surprise, I would say. And as you said, as you mentioned, Nepo has this uh, experience uh, of the of the match. So I'm. You know, I much prefer uh, from uh, style, a stylistic point of view, uh, Ding, and also um, <laughs> simply, well, uh, I, I like Ding. I'm a big fanboy, so um, I'm definitely voting for Ding. But I'm afraid that Nepo will uh, uh, will win. Also, he, he beat he beat Ding in the last candidates. I think he has quite a 
I'm not sure about the score, but I think he has a good score against Ding. So, ah, I don't know. Um, so you're saying Ding is the better player, but he lacks a good seconds. You're applying for a job now, right? Or? No, I already offered my, my services to Ding. I don't want to, to be his chest second. I want to, to go with him and uh, choose the restaurant, you know, have a walk and so on. The head of uh, delegation. Okay, okay. I yeah. think it is someone to, you know. And appeals committee. I think you can <laughs> yeah, <involve. yes>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I can do that. I can do that. Ding, if you are listening. Yeah. <laughs> Probably he's not. I, would. I think Ding never misses an episode. No, no. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to dissent and take. Uh, no, no, I'm actually going to agree with uh, Loang. I, I also think Nepom. I, I would actually object a bit to this thing that. Uh, Having match experience helps. I don't know if there's statistical evidence of, uh, you know, that it favors the one who's played many matches against the one who has uh, comes for his first time. I think sometimes the first time gets the the best out of uh, people. They are more motivated and, uh, and things like that. But um, I share the same worries than you, that in, in these big events, Ding's preparation has been seen a bit insufficient. Also, well, uh, you know, the, the Chinese as a whole... Uh, as a team, doesn't have much experience with these kind of matches. That could be a hindrance. I don't know how, how Dink will handle that. While, well, Team Nepom seems uh, strong, and as you say, they have seems to have unlimited resources. Of course, with the current situation in Russia, who knows? But uh, probably still. And um, I don't know if it's a big priority for China to that extent, so how much they will help, help Dink. But uh, his chess skills, of course, are huge when it works for him. I, I agree that in 2019... He was incredibly strong, and uh, we just haven't seen him much since. And uh, I mean, well, at the candidates, he was not that impressive to me, but uh, it's probably also fair to say that he had to go alone. He was isolated uh, for, for, for weeks before, and then he still... And let's not forget, he still finished second, coming there alone, having a horrible start. I, and... I agree with that. So, uh, I mean, well, there's so much room for improvement, and still he's so good, right? I mean, okay. uh, if he can, you know, unleash that potential... It's going to be very hard for, for Nepom, but uh, my best guess is that it's um, rather not. But also, I think we are, you know, Jan says it's 50-50, Chose is ding. I say it's 55-45. We are discussing extremely fine marginals. I don't think we have a clue, and we basically agree with the content as far as I see it, right? What else do we have? Are there more predictions? Will Magnus yeah. regret? Will he qualify for the candidates? Regret giving up his title, I guess. That I, I, I didn't really qualify for the candidates. For me, it's completely but sure. But he qualifies by rating. No, like, that's not going to be hard. Yeah, he qualifies by rating. Will he play the candidates is a different yeah. uh, uh, story. I would think he might play in the candidates. Uh, why not? Will he regret? Actually, I said hard to say, but now that he won both uh, Rapid and Blitz... Showing again that he's the best by far. If he wins, let's say Vaikanze, uh, till he keeps showing is by far the best. Uh, he, he won't regret. Uh, when the day will come and it won't be so clear, okay, then we talk. Yeah, about no one will this. question his status, right? I mean, so, yeah, yeah. But you actually think he might play candidates? I, I mean, for me, it will be puzzling. He plays candidates, but of course, I cannot rule it out. But uh, it's it's what did he say? I mean, he thinks it's an interesting tournament. He said that many many times. So in general, he likes to play in interesting tournaments, as he did uh, for the World Cup 
the previous, I don't know. Yeah, but are we actually debating Magnus playing the candidates tournament without having said? But he said explicitly that he's not closing that door now of trying to qualify for a match like that. He mentioned explicitly. That I understand, but could we actually imagine him playing the candidates tournament with not without making the statement that if he wins it, he will play a world championship match? Of course. Why not? <laughs> sounds like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very much like him. Actually, I'm, I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you sure. give me some odds, I'm 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 willing to take to take a bet. That would be strange, but yeah, fair enough. I mean, I can make you know like this. Uh, he will play the candidates. He will win the candidates, and I'm making prediction. Uh, fresh prediction, 2023. He will play the candidate. He will qualify for the candidates. He will play the candidates. He will win the candidates, and he's going to decline the match. There's no candidates in 2023, right? Huh. Yeah, it's a good prediction you came up with, but uh, it, it lacks okay. a bit of... Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's next candidate. Yeah, okay. Candidate. Thanks. Okay. All right. Yeah, hard to say this regrets thing. Uh, I would doubt it. I wonder if it will, will feel strange to him when world champion Janne Pommelschi or world champion Ding will be official, yeah. but it is what it is. Yeah, um, what is this question? This is a very specific question. Abdu Satoro for Giri, best TPR, best performance rating in 2023. Um, Giri, he's what? Um, he's 2764. Abdu Satoro is 2713. So if he plays anywhere close to rating expectations, Abdu Satoro has to outperform his. But of course, he's on the rise. Could yeah. be close, but I'm going Giri. How old is uh, Giri by now? 28, he's 29? 28, yeah, he's still young. But uh, yeah, of course. Uh, this is a kind of people who has to, you know, uh, take their chance uh, quickly. Wesley So is 29 as well. All the youngsters are coming. Magnus left uh, for actually for the, the cycle so far. Who knows? Maybe my prediction will come too. But this should be fast because, uh, yeah. Uh, this guy Abdu Sator for any other guy in the, the list we mentioned Gukeshe Gezi they are just improving by the day and they are so motivated uh, that I wouldn't be surprised that Abdu Sator uh, makes a, a better TPR performance than Gay in 2023 yeah I... we can have a friendly bet one on one of course you just said yeah, <laughs> you pick Abdu Sator you want odds now <laughs> Let's have a friendly bet. Ah, maybe my ten, the ten dollars you are owing oh, oh, okay. me, no? Wow. That I got from the last time. <laughs> it shows a lot of confidence in your statement. From the gear, yeah. So let's make the Satoro. Laurent really has your back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, who you got, Peter? Yeah, I, I wrote down up to Satoro, but when you started talking, I almost thought what you said made sense, and I want to change my my point of view to Geary, but. Um, I think up to Satoros might have more worse tournaments than Geary, and that could tilt it in Geary's favor. But uh, no, stuff it. I will go with up to Satorov. It could be that he's much stronger than we think. I mean, he was incredibly impressive in uh, in Rapid on the first day, two days maybe even, I thought. So um, we was. But TPR means classical chess, right? I'm, I'm aware of that. Uh, my argument is he's less good in Blitz. I think actually more time helps him. He's not such much, uh, such a. Uh, a, a speed chess uh, specialist, but uh, I, I mean, okay, I have to be a hater, so I'll take Abdus Satarov. Sorry, end of end of. There discussion. you go. I'm happy to book more action. Yeah. Next big scandal. Is that? Oh, this is prediction time. 
don't know. The the lawsuit is coming up. No, there should be some some scandals uh, around that if it's if it's happening. I do not know. Other than that, it's so yeah. I'm good without a scandal. It's so difficult. Who could have said what what happened this year last? Yeah. Will all Fascine get cancelled finally? <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, very hard to say, but let's see if there's some more. I would say the big scandal could be uh, could come from one top player gets caught cheating. Oh, that's what I can see, but I don't see it. But uh, who knows? Uh, that you get evidence, and uh, but I don't think actually I'm 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 probably very naive, but I don't think to be very very honest, I don't think there is one. So, um, but may I could be wrong. So um, let's see. It could it could come uh, that way. Uh, well, I could suggest some chess political things, but I think it's not a given that they will be seen as scandals. Um, I think the point with black swans is that you expect they will happen, but you don't know what they are. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure some scandal will happen, but uh, yeah, I mean, you are right. At yeah. least things that I th- thought was huge scandals this year, and the, the three we mentioned. It would be completely impossible to predict them, basically, I would say. So yeah. this this is actually, I think this is sort of over our pay level to, to come up with that. Fair enough. Next one is easier. Opening trends. Are there opening trends? Like the Berlin is pretty good, um, but that's not really a new trend. I think of the last year, but that's not a prediction, this D4, Knight F6, C4, E6, Knight F3, D5, Knight C3, C5, CD5, CD4 was around in 21, but it really took over as the main line of many, many top players. That was a big trend. And the reaction was, and I think will keep being, that people are playing more random stuff, like 1-knight-f-3, 2-e-3, we've seen plenty. 1-knight-f-3, 2-g-3, even Magnus has used quite a bit. On, such a- I don't really see any any e4, e5 opening exploding. All it's your German, German Kamer favorism coming in there, right? He's the knight f3, e3 guy, right? And also very yeah. successful. Yeah, it's been around for, for a while, but yeah, it's true that Kamer played a lot in the in the World Rapid. I'm that hard to predict. Yeah. I'm guessing we'll see a lot of Italians. We'll see a lot of Catalans. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? People know what the best opening is. I, I agree with you. And also the point you make about the Semitaras is perhaps... Uh, well, the only exception to the rule that something new will actually come in and, uh, you know, suddenly be there. But what you're saying is that, well, we will see a World Championship match, but this idea of, you know, back in the days where Kramnik will uh, reintroduce the, the Berlin and it suddenly becomes popular. So these days are just way, way past, right? I mean, the World Championship match, you will see them playing well-known stuff. They will have some slight details here. No, you pick the Marshall, the Berlin, or the Petrov, or maybe if you're being kinky, I don't know, the Open Spanish or yeah, something, yeah. and uh, then you, you sit on it and the, the opponent will decide if he wants to go there or yeah, not. Yeah, you're basically saying that uh, when the Apongachi is white, E4, E5, you're willing to take at considerably odds as the first two moves. Oh, that I'd wager. Exactly. Like, I mean, if things sticks with the Marshall or switches to the Berlin, yeah, that I but he's not going to come out with a knight off exactly, right? Or, or whatever. I'd be stuck. Yeah, yeah. And with what? Also would be a bad decision. And is he, he, well, the thing is a bit more difficult. It could be D4, it could be C4, it could be knight F3, right? But uh, Yeah, D4, C4, knight F3, G3. I don't think he's going to reinvent himself to become an E4 player to combat the the Berlin or the Petrov, mainly the Petrov, in the match. But uh, who knows? Like, uh, yeah, 
Very but basically, you are saying the trend is uh, not necessarily quality, but it is that uh, you will try to have informational edge. And uh, well, you saw Magnus doing pretty well with one B three in the World Rapid and Blitz, right? It's uh, the, the the future is these kind of uh, weird things. I think it's flexibility. Yeah. Everybody knows there's nothing with white if you go deep enough. So you try to surprise and catch people if they have spots where you can't go. The Verisoft, Eric Icy looked very looked devastating in D4 and out of six knight c3. Maybe maybe that's gonna become a thing. I mean, like Magnus, I, I will disagree with you, uh Peter. He looked better in one E4 than in one B3. I mean, his games in one E4, it was less games, maybe, but I remember two of them, uh two decisive games actually. Abdul Satov and uh, in the rapid uh Maxudlu. I mean, where both times he played one e4, and that was very, very uh, impressive. But in general, yeah, uh, it's difficult to. You have to make a mix, and sometimes just try to to get a game. And, and also, Magnus it. wins with one b3 because he's Magnus. No? Yeah, of because course. of one b3, right? I mean, he gets Dubov, he gets this end game against Abdus Satorov, he gets this complicated middle game, but he's definitely not better. And then against who was it? Hey, Matthew Rossian, he got an equal position after 50 moves. Like. <laughs> to be fair, Magnus was dead last against Mamedyarov with E4 and managed to draw. So I think he scored ridiculously well with both. I mean, again, but it becomes uh, yeah. Magnus is Magnus and uh, he's winning games because he's Magnus, not because he plays B3 or E4. So, uh, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically... And he's changing all the time, even in this world up in Enbrit. But that's basically what we're saying. Chess openings becomes less important because it's difficult to get an edge there. People look for edges elsewhere, right? That's more or less the trend you're saying. Yeah, or for just yeah. even broader knowledge and more flexibility. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's a never-ending thing. Fair enough. What else? What will FIDE do wrong next? Oh, that's a category. Oh, yeah. I have strong opinions. I could do a whole episode of this, <laughs> but we don't have time. So I'm going to go with the obvious one. I have a suspicion they will not put myself because Laurent disqualified himself yeah. with the this episode <laughs> on the appeals committee for the World Championship match, which would be a horrible mistake from everybody involved and a tragedy, not just for myself, but for chess. And your family. And my family. Yeah. yeah. Who would love me being in Mexico for three months, because <laughs> that's the time I need to prepare for it. As a jet lag and so on, yeah? Of course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I kind of uh, agree with you, even if you think I disqualified myself, but I'm trying a new strategy now. Uh, if you can't, uh, you can join them, then I just criticize them. Critic who then gets a job to be shut up. I mean, Nigel, uh, what he, I mean, he was threatening big time. Maybe it works, actually. You don't have to be friends with them. You have to threaten them. I don't know. I will try all kind of strategy and see if one walks out. But I just like them too much. I, I wish I could, but I can't <laughs> oh, do it. Come on, you're, you're actually going to end up on the appeals committee. <laughs> you keep doing it anymore. Peter, I I think it's a difficult subject for me, but better not be specific. But I'll say, what will they do wrong next? Well, I think they will continue doing wrong, and um, I don't think they will fully follow any of my advice, despite I'm delivering it for free on Twitter. I think actually they will. Keep ignoring that, and that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's. It's too many, too many. <laughs> yeah, maybe too many to apply. Please, so please, no, just... I, I expect them to do what they were doing now, and um, well, that I don't like it is one thing, but uh, something very specific, I cannot, uh, not point point to, to be honest. Um, no, I mean to be to be fair, it's not very um, 
impressive. Uh, let's be more serious and let's disqualify myself fully. Uh, it's not very impressive that you have the biggest event of the of chess, which is a world championship match, which is a tradition for so long. And three or four months before, you don't have. I mean, maybe in Mexico, maybe in April, maybe. I mean, maybe everything. I mean, it's not very serious. I mean, let's face it. Oh, uh, it's not. Doesn't show a lot of uh, skills to to find them. So you think they're not taking it seriously, or they? No, like I the think they don't have skills to find a sponsor. So maybe they should think. Uh, of course, Magnus not playing doesn't help. That's hundred percent sure. Uh, maybe the form, I don't know, uh, but probably they are taking it serious. Maybe they are not good, but I, I, do you think it's a normal situation? I think every situation is unique and you don't know what talks there are behind the scenes. But yeah, I don't want to defend Fede too much. I don't care. I think the track record of delivering tournaments over the last couple of years, you could argue about the venues, the sponsors, I, I and so on. <laughs> but it hasn't been terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're at the end of the of the episode and we have the fantastic <laughs> La final category, Chicken of the Year. I didn't know wow. what this means. Is this a prediction for Chicken of the Year 2023? No, no, Or no. is this the Chicken of the Year 2022? That prediction. No, no, ah. it's, the, it's the basically the, the, the an award. You become the Chicken of the Year 2022. It's an on, on, on. Ah, okay. Ah, it's, it's 2022. Yeah. All right. Then I think we got to give it to Giri, who won <laughs> the weekly categories by an overwhelming margin, mainly thanks to Laurent, who loyally oh. gave him the award almost every week. So, Team Anish. <laughs> congratulations, you think? Yeah, congratulations. yeah congratulations, Anish. You don't, uh, it doesn't disappoint uh, every time. But, you know, even in Blitz, you know, making doors, making it sh sure not to take too many risks. So, uh, yeah, uh, always the same is uh, working, but not nothing to do. I mean, but he's not, let, let's face it. Um, it's a close call with uh, with uh, with Wesley, I would say. So, but still. No, I actually like Peter's nomination much better. I was jealous when I saw it, <laughs> but I didn't think. Of I it. I mean, I'm wrong. I think well, Geary is sort of uh, a chicken on a weekly basis, right? I mean, it's a it's a general thing. But in the bigger schemes, I actually took Ali Reza this year because um, well, we wanted to see him much more. Simply, oh, we miss him there, and also, I mean come out, defend your new country, play for the French team. I understand, you know, you might have want to have better teammates, but even so, there is World Championship, there's Olympiad to be won, right? I mean, we don't see him in the World Rapid and Blitz. I mean, and, you know, first... Okay, you cannot blame him for not for not going to the World Team. That I understand for political reasons, and that is uh, fair enough. Uh, I am fine with that. But then play the others uh, instead. I mean, well... First, I thought Ali Reza had a bad chess year this year. Not at all. He actually played extremely well in many of the events he played. Of course, candidates do not. But, um, well, he's young. I understand there could be a ton of personal reasons. He's settling in in Paris, yada, yada. But uh, we're not supposed to care much about that. It's simply, well, that's a player I would like to see much more. I mean, I want to see him compete. And, um, you know, that I miss. No, but in a way, I, I, tend, I tend to agree with you that I, I would like Me to too. see him more. But when he's playing, I mean, it's... Anything but the trick. I mean, like he's playing. So you know, when you look at his games, I mean, it's but he's just, not playing. He's pushing. He shows up at least. I mean, right. one month, one month. It's sandwich. He played classic. He won classical. He won rapid and blitz. Wow. And then he, <laughs> he played, played one chess, month. It's long year. I mean, one month, then candidate. Two months. Yeah, two months. Uh, but that's, like, that's it. But that's the point of chicken. If you don't show up, he played Ganges too. Then it's well. 
but still quite limited. He won Grand Gesto. Exactly. He's a, I mean, we're not debating if he's a great player, and we're not debating if he plays entertain. We, yeah. we just play. want to see him more. That's, I mean, uh, that's yeah. the whole thing. We all, we all do, I agree. Uh-huh. He's making bikes like, uh, um, like Fischer, actually. Fischer was doing bikes like this. Exactly. And, uh, well, if I, I mean, I, I would also think Fischer was a chicken because he would only play when he was completely sure he would succeed. And, uh, no, come and play. Maybe you don't win, maybe you do. But we want to find out and we want to enjoy it. All right. Nobody took Magnus, yeah, for chickening out from the next World Championship match? Uh, well, the point is, I don't think he's chickening out of it. He just doesn't want to play. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's the, no, no, I mean, uh, well, else he would be an obvious candidate. But I just think that that's not his motivation. I agree. This brings us to the end of this both recap and predictions episode, which told you everything, not just about 2022, but also about 2023. We'll be back next week with probably Vike predictions. Yeah, that's the big tournament starting where Magnus Carlsen is playing. All the youngsters are playing, with the exception of Ali Reza. It's really <laughs> a dream field, everyone you could hope for. And it's going to be very exciting. We will tell you who wins who will play what, and many more things in next week's week's preview episode. Any any last words, guys? Thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, Lola. That's also going to be my final words. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.